So welcome everyone to Women's Business Connection. It feels like it's been so long, I was gonna say months, but it has literally been months since we've actually seen each other in person, but it's still so good to have everybody connected by Zoom. So, you know, good for us for having the technology that we do today, because I don't know what it would have been like if it was a few years ago. Um, but at this point, um, I want to just turn things over to Lauren. Um, Lauren knows our speaker very well, so she's going to make an introduction. Awesome. Well, today we are so, so blessed to hear from Miss Ramona Dixon. Um, she is going to talk today about troubles do not last forever. Mona Dixon is no stranger to going through some tough circumstances such as homelessness, but she overcame it and will be sharing her story of inspiration and encouragement with us today. We are so excited to have you, Mona. Um, a little bio about Mona. So Mona and her family lived on the streets and moved from one homeless shelter to another until the age of 13. A few short years later, she was honored by the President of the United States in the Oval Office. After receiving her coveted Boys and Girls Clubs of America National Youth of the Year Award, Mona was appointed to serve as the youngest member of a U.S. Presidential Community Service Committee alongside four other distinguished individuals. At 18, Mona was also named one of the most influential Black women alongside Oprah Winfrey, Michelle Obama by Essence Magazine. This all has led to her being awarded over $100,000 in scholarships, sharing the stage with A-list celebrities, being featured in the national media, and starring in a national campaign commercial with Mark Wahlberg. That was so exciting, by the way, when I saw that, Mona. Um, Mona, at 27, is currently pursuing her doctoral degree in organizational leadership and empowering others while speaking for corporate companies, schools, youth organizations, fundraisers, graduations, parent organizations, and homeless shelters. Um, I am just honored and blessed that you're here with us today, Mona, and I can't wait to hear what you have to tell us today. So take it away. All right. Hello, everyone. Well, it's an honor to be with you all today. And in, in order to just share my story, spend time with you all and just give you some inspiration. I know we got a lot going on uh, nowadays, but I just wanted to share with you that troubles don't last always. And I feel like my story is a perfect example of that. So um, I'll get into that story. I'm going to share my screen with you. And throughout the presentation, I'll have a couple videos that I would like to share with you uh, for people who like to see visual things and pictures as well. Uh, and if the videos don't work on your end, then I'll send it to Sally or Lauren, and then she could send it to you later to be able to watch. But I'm going to share this screen. Uh, can you all see that? Okay, perfect. All right, so uh, this presentation is basically be smart. I always get a lot of people who always ask me, Mona, how did you get from where you were being homeless to kind of where you are today? So how did you get from living on the streets to you know being recognized in the Oval Office and things like that? And I said, well, how can I give people takeaways or how can I give people something that can uh, something that can help them get from point A to point B or point B to point C as well and how can they apply that to their lives. Uh, so I came up with this acronym that's actually Be Smart and throughout the presentation if you would like you could uh, if you have a piece of paper or anything like that and you want to do some reflection you can do that and I always break it out like that uh, and be smart so that I can write down 
uh, things that relate to me and how you can uh, take my story but apply it to your own lives as well. And it's, so it's be smart with a C. Um, and getting going, I'm 27 years old right now, but for about half my life, I was actually homeless. Uh, and I always talk about how I remember going into dumpsters uh, and pulling out cardboard boxes because that would be our only thing that we would be able to sleep on. And my mom, she actually lost her mother when she was 12 years old. Uh, and my mom's mom was murdered. So my grandma was mother murdered and my mom ended up living with her great grandparents. And when they passed away, we actually lost the house. So that's how we ended up homeless. Uh, my mom actually had my sister at 16 years old, me at 17 years old and my brother at 21 years old. Uh, and I always say, man, I'm 27 and I can't imagine having one kid. So, so let alone having three by 21. Um, it was very, very tough and we were homeless, but despite where we lived, my mom always told us that we had to focus on our homework. So I remember getting like the Ziploc baggie full of school books and I would read them and I would imagine myself as a character to kind of make myself feel safe in those type of situations. I mean, it really, really worked for me. Uh, my mom always made sure we got to school every day so we would get ready for school in gas station bathrooms. Uh, and then living on the streets was hard, but trying to get to school every single day, as you could imagine, was even harder. I lived in San Diego, California before moving to Arizona. And in San Diego, they had trolleys, which are similar to our light rails out here. And uh, we didn't have enough money to actually get on these trolleys. Uh, so what my sister and I would do, we would actually get on there and we would trolley hop and try to look out for officers and try to get to school every day and get away without getting a ticket that would cost more than our bus fare in the first place. So that was very, very uh, difficult for us. And that's where I come to the sea in circumstances because everybody in life has circumstances. Um, they all differ. We all have different things that we go through. Um, but nonetheless, everybody has circumstances. And I feel that it's important for us to not let our circumstances define us, to not let what we're currently going through right now uh, dictate how far we can go or whether we're going to be successful in the future or whoever we want to become in the future. And I always show this picture right here because it's of a, you know, a rear view mirror. And I say, like, if we're, if we're driving down the road, uh, and, or the freeway, and you're like staring into this rearview mirror, one or two things are going to happen to you. Either one, you're going to crash, or two, you're going to miss your exit. And your exit are those opportunities that are available for you because you're too busy staring into the past. You're too busy worried about like, what happened to me last week, or what fight did I get into last week, or even what grudge am I holding on to that's stopping me from moving to that next level in my life. So I always tell people it's okay to have a rear view mirror because you want to glance back, you want to know where you come from and never forget that. And one of my mentors, he always tells me, Mona, be humble. <laughs> so they always say never forget where you come from. So it's okay to glance back here and there, but you never want to get stuck uh, in that past. Uh, and then for me, the M stands for main thing. So it means staying focused on whatever it is that's very, very important to you. Um, and I always say how when you stay focused on that main thing, if you get knocked off your path or when you get knocked off your path, because it's, it's going to happen, it always happens to everybody, 
uh, when you have a goal, it's easier for you to get back on track. Whereas if you don't have a goal and you're not focused on something and you get knocked off your path and now you don't necessarily know which way is up. So it's very important to stay on track and have something in mind. And I know we probably, especially ladies, we're known as multitaskers and we have like all these things going on. You know, we have kids and we have jobs and we have businesses and now kids are homeschooled pretty much and everything going on. But it's still important, I think, to stay on track and still um, keep those main things in focus. Uh, like for me, I did a vision board for 2020 and obviously COVID like scribbled all, all over that. However, um, you still want to keep those main things in mind and um, still work towards those goals as you're going through the year and, and don't let those goals just go off to the wayside. Um, and I like to share this because this is one thing that I do to actually stay focused that you all could do yourselves. I don't know how many of you actually do vision boards, but I do one. And when I first started doing vision boards to keep me focused, this is just like a collage of pictures that you uh, put on your wall and look at every single day. Um, and you can do one on PowerPoint, like a PowerPoint slide where you just throw pictures on there. And that way you could print it out and put it in all types of places that you look at every day whether that's in your office or at home or on your door every time you're about to leave out. And it just keeps you focused and helps you say like, okay, is every decision or everything that I'm going to do today, is it aligned with what my visions are, what my goals are for myself? And those are the things that I would focus on. And if it's not, sometimes we got to make sacrifices and say, yeah, I would love to go to that concert or whatever is happening. But instead, I have to do what I need to do to stay focused on my goal. Um, and to help you with your vision board, if you decide to do one of these, I always break it down into categories to make sure that I'm not just going through magazines and newspapers and finding cute things and throwing it on my vision board. So I organize it like this with financial goals, things that I want, dreams, bucket listing, uh, physical, mental, spiritual goals. Uh, quotes and words are very, very powerful as well. So you can add that to your vision board. And here's kind of an example for those who may have never seen one or uh, would like to do one and you kind of see what it is. So this is this was my vision board for actually 2019. And I got to tell you, like, you have to be very specific and you have to less is more. Because I remember I did a vision board before this and oh my goodness, <laughs> it was crowded every day that I looked at this vision board, I saw something new. <laughs> and that was not good. But you want to keep it very, very specific. Um, very, very easy to see and read. So when you're glancing at it, when you're in your office or when you leave out the door, you know exactly what you want to be focused on. I mean, as I mentioned before, for me, when I was younger, school was going to be my way out. My mom always told me that I needed to go to college. Uh, she only had a high school diploma, but the people who she saw that were successful in her life, they had a college degree. So my mom really, really pushed that uh, for us. And once I did get to school, you know, I often wondered how teachers thought I could focus on a hard math problem or a whole hard vocabulary word or anything like that when I was thinking about, you know, where my next meal is coming from or if my family is okay or better yet, where am I even going to sleep that night? And it was even harder for me with teachers that would ask questions like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And all these kids would raise their hands and say what they wanted to be. And the teachers would give them these words of encouragement. But for some reason, I felt as though 
I could see doubt in some of these teachers' eyes of how could you possibly want to be something like that and you don't have a support system or how could you possibly want to be something like that and you don't have two parents or better yet, how could you possibly want to be something like that and you don't even have a place to lay your head at night. But it was my mom who taught me that it wasn't going to be about my obstacles or that were going to make me special because like I just shared with you all, uh, we all have circumstances, we all have obstacles, but my mom said it was going to be the way that I overcame them that helped me move forward in life. So I love this picture because uh, we all get through our obstacles in different ways or times uh, in different ways, whether we're going to go around the wall, blow up the wall, <laughs> dig under the wall or climb over the wall. But I promise you, you'll get through it as long as you're working through whatever you're going through at that moment. For me, my mom decided to move us to Arizona when I was uh, 10 years old, and I was not happy with that. Uh, I thought the reason that I would not be happy with that was because once again, I was going to have to move and make new friends and continue to explain to people why my clothes were torn or why I had to wear the same clothes multiple times in a week or, you know, different things like that and try to make new friends all over again. Uh, but then I remember we got off that Greyhound bus and I took my first breath. Oh my gosh, it was so hot. It was like two o'clock in the morning and I think it was like over 110 degrees. It was insane. I was like, mom, did you just like bring us to like hell on earth? <laughs> but, uh, but I got used to it and I loved it. No more beaches for us, which was one of my favorite places to go because when we were homeless, uh, the beaches were free. So I would, uh, that would be my happy place actually. Um, but we moved to you, Mommy Day Centers, and this was a blessing for my family because it was a long-term shelter. And it's actually on, for those of you who know the area, it's 32nd Street and Van Buren-ish in Phoenix. And this homeless shelter was a place that we could go to every day. So for once in my life, I had a place where I could call home and I didn't have to worry about where I was going to, you know, sleep that next day or if I was going to have three meals a day. But most importantly, I was around kids who were just like me. We were all in the same situation, so we didn't have to explain things to each other. They provided us with uh, school supplies and things to help us be successful in school. And they provided my mom with workshops and allowed her to go to Gateway Community College to kind of get her back on track to take care of us. And when my mom finally was able to get on government assistance, we actually got our first apartment and the apartment just so happened to be behind this place called the Boys and Girls Club. And I used to be shy. I'm not shy anymore. As you can tell, I talk to you like all day, but I'm sure you got other things to do today. Uh, but I walked into this Boys and Girls Club after my friends begged and begged and begged. And I wasn't going to go because I knew that going there was going to cost something. I didn't know what it was going to cost, but I knew something would be too much for my family because my mom could spend a dollar at the dollar store to get toilet paper or toothpaste or whatever it is to take care of the family rather than send me away. Um, but I built up that courage one day and I went in and I said, what does it take for me to become a member here? And they said, well, you have to bring back this $20 membership fee and you have to bring back this application. And I kind of just said, okay. And I was going to walk out and never come back because I knew that I couldn't afford that, even though that $20 was for the entire year for me to go there every single day after school. And it was almost as if that lady since then, she said, wait, come back. And she ended up paying my $20 membership fee for me. And I talk about how that $20 changed the rest of my 
entire life because that Boys and Girls Club, it welcomed me. It was a family. I had mentors. I had friends. I learned how to play basketball there, but it provided all the resources I needed to be successful. For example, their computer lab was open for me every day until 9 p.m. so I could get ahead on my college courses while I was in high school. Um, I had uh, tutors there. They would help me. There was a lady named Anna who spoke Spanish, and she helped me with my Spanish classes. So it was just the best place in the world for me to be. But most importantly, as you'll see here, it helped build up my aspirations. Uh, the people, they believed in me even more than I believed in myself. And they, they told me things that were possible. And I feel that that's important for you all is to think about, you know, who are the people that I'm surrounding myself around or what kind of organizations am I surrounding myself around that will continue to help build up my dreams and goals? Because no matter how old you are, you should never stop dreaming, you should never stop having goals, and you should continue to surround yourself around people who are going to help build you up and tell you that you're good enough or you're smart enough, you're talented enough to do that, and less around people who tell you, you know, that's not possible or you can't do that. Maybe because they couldn't do that, but if you do do it in a different way, that it, then it could be possible uh, for you. Um, and then the R in my Be Smart is definitely being resourceful. Uh, for me, I like to show this picture right here because it says Google is your friend. For me, I found so much on there, and that was just like my first scholarship that I got. I put in scholarships for homeless kids, and then voila, next thing you know, I applied, I won, I was on a plane to Texas and getting scholarships for school. But a lot of people, you know, they reach out to me because they think that I have all the resources in the world. But what do I do? I just go to Google, honestly, and I start searching things. But I feel like just to, just to say, yes, there's a lot of information out there that's, you know, not reliable. But it's to say that we have so much, uh, so many resources that are at our fingertips that we don't even know about. And I feel like you can just start your search there and then build off of it from there. And there's so many things out there that can help you grow in life, in your personal life, your financial life, uh, your professional life, as long as you just start that search. And if you have questions, like don't be afraid to ask. I, I was that kid in the classroom where I would raise my hand so much, the teacher would just like start looking around the room for someone else to answer or to ask a question. And I feel like that's okay. And especially for women, uh, we have to be okay with raising our hands and not believing that asking questions is a sign of weakness. Uh, but instead, I always say that ask stands for always seeking knowledge. Um, and if we don't ask questions, then we don't get answers. So I definitely want you all to continue to ask, continue to seek knowledge, uh, however you do that, so that you could continue to grow and move forward in your career path. For me, how I was always being resourceful in, in, in high school, I didn't think that I could go to college. Uh, my mom, she actually filled out my FAFSA for college, for grants and scholarships, and she only made $4,000 in an entire year. And of course, people are like, how could she do that? Well, my mom was a crossing guard for Holderman Elementary School, and you don't make very much money at all. So I knew that I needed to build myself into like the most well-rounded individual as possible to get as many scholarships as possible so that I can go to school for free. And um, so I did, I got involved in everything from like math club to uh, honor society to basketball. I was in the ACE program. I even did meditation club, but 
the teacher was kind of cute actually so that motivated me to keep going but but no it really calmed me uh it really calmed me before school and got me ready and motivated and whatever i was going through at home it helped me to clear all that out of my head so that i could focus on my studies for the school day uh, so that that was very good and all this actually helped me and I ended up graduating from Tempe High School, third in my class. Uh, so that was really cool and then I ended up becoming uh, the National Youth of the Year for Boys and Girls Clubs of America. And for those of you who don't know what the Youth of the Year program, it's the highest award that you can receive as a club member and it basically, you have to go through this year-long competition depending on how far you get and you have a speech on what the Boys and Girls Club means to you. You have one-on-one -on -one interviews with the judges and you have panel judging where all the candidates sit in front of all the judges and they just fire questions at you to see how well-rounded you are and how much do you know about what's going on around you because you're gonna be a youth spokesperson for a year. And uh, they look at your grades, your, you have essays, you get nine letters of recommendation. So it's very, very, very intense. Um, and I started out at the Tempe Labmo branch in Tempe, and then I went on to the East Valley level, and then I competed at the state of Arizona, and each level has at least eight kids, anywhere up to like 13, 14 kids. Uh, and then I went on to the Pacific region in California, and then to nationals in Washington, D.C., and I won that competition there, and then I was able to become uh, the national youth spokesperson. And this at this picture right here who has all these celebrities in here these are actually all alum of boys and girls clubs uh so you'll see different people in here from denzel washington to jennifer lopez shaq that's shaq's mom right in front of him actually uh and then you have courtney vance and uh smoky robinson ashanti neo carrie washington uh sugar ray leonard that's ron howard who directed it uh, in the bottom left, uh, who, who directed The Grinch. Uh, and then uh, you have uh, John Paul DeGiorio. Uh, so you have a lot of people, uh, Magic Johnson. So everybody who's from like athletes to actors to people who were in the military to ballerinas. So a very, very diverse group. And this was actually a PSA that I got to be a part of. Um, and it basically shows that people can come to a place from all walks of life and they can leave out successful in whatever it is um, that they that they want to be when they grow up. And this is actually a video, so I will head out to that video right now. Let's see.
Hey, Mona, is there supposed to be some kind of sound or music or something? Because we don't hear anything. Oh, yes. Is there not? Can't hear any noise? I don't have anything. Oh, everybody else can't hear it? Uh, it looks like Councilmember Duff is saying there's no sound. Ooh. I'm the only one. Hmm. Well, maybe I can just share these videos with you later and then everybody yeah, can watch them. That's fine. That would be fine. Okay, perfect. So I'll do that. Oh, you should have told me early on. <laughs> I thought maybe it was just me. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so I will. Let's see. So I'll send those video links to you and then you can share it with everyone going forward. Uh, so with the Youth of the Year competition, I did get to receive over $100,000 in scholarships. Uh, of course, I cried because I knew that this was going to help me help my family get out of that cycle of homelessness. And uh, one of the coolest things that I got to do after becoming a National Youth of the Year was go do this photo shoot for this Essence magazine. And it was probably every girl's dream. The photo shoot was six hours. We did all these different uh, outfits and makeup and everything. And then the photo came out and it was that one right there. <laughs> so I was like, oh my goodness, six hours for that little headshot that they put in there. But um, nonetheless, it was a very, very, very exciting experience for me in New York City. Um, and, and I was blessed and humbled to be amongst those other people that Lauren read off earlier to be in that. And it, it gives me something to look forward to and uh, it motivates me to continue to push forward in life uh, despite what I'm going through uh, because I know that people are still counting on me and there's a lot of people who look up to me. Uh, and the last thing on this list is talent. I feel like you always have to continue to follow your dreams or continue to ask yourself, what do I want to be? Am I where I want to be? Am I doing what I love to do in life? Um, because we only get one of these to, to live and us, we say YOLO, which means you only live once and you want to get everything that you want to do in life done. And for me to discover, help discover what my talents were, I did end up going to school uh, to figure out like, what do I want to, what do I want to do? And actually back then, well, I still love to shop, but I love to shop a lot back there. And I learned that you could become a uh, purchasing manager so basically get paid to shop so that's what I went to school for was supply chain management at Arizona State University I started out there but then I switched to business management because I knew that I wanted to have a business but I just didn't necessarily know in what yet so I went to Barrett the Honors College there uh, and that's my mom in that picture and my little brother my little brother is actually a senior at Arizona State now too so um, not only did I have kids at the Boys and Girls Club who were looking up to me, but I had a little brother as well who was looking up to me. And I didn't stop there. I went on and I got my master's degree in um, communication studies with emphasis in advocacy. And currently I'm working on my doctoral degree uh, in organizational leadership. And I'm going to be focusing my dissertation on nonprofit boards and fundraising. And that's specifically so that I can help nonprofits continue to fulfill their missions and, and in order to do that, they have to fundraise. So I wanna be able to help them do that in the best way possible. And I feel like in a way, I'll be able to make a difference in the world because I'm helping all these nonprofits raise more money and whether they're 
you know, helping homeless veterans or helping pets or youth or, you know, just whatever it is, I'll have my hands on it. Um, because my goal in life is just to make this world a better place. And I feel like I can do it through that avenue. And so many people ask me, they say, Mona, you know, why do you keep going to school? You don't need a doctorate to continue being a speaker or to do what you want to do. And I always say, you know, anybody can end up homeless. It's not something that only happens to people who are lazy or who just have a bunch of kids or, you know, who do drugs. And I feel like there's a lot of stereotypes that are out there about homeless people. But natural disasters or things that we're going through right now, a lot of people end up homeless. And I say, you know, anything could be taken away from me, my car, the house, the clothes, all these material things. But something that can never be taken away from me is my knowledge and my soft skills and my ability to bounce back. So my resilience and all of these things that I learn when I go to school. So that's something that continues to motivate me to learn as much as possible and continue to be a student in one way or another. Um, and in learning this talent, I always love to show this picture right here because you always want to find something in that winning spot, right? And that's just finding where your passions are, finding what your talents are, what are you good at, uh, what do you love to do, and then what pays well. And that's going to be your winning spot. And as you can see, if you love doing something and it pays really well, but you're not good at doing that, then you're in that dreaming spot. Um, if you're very, very talented at something and it pays a lot of money, so a lot of people go into career fields that pay a lot of money, but then they have a lot of money, but they're not happy doing what they love to do. And then that last one, if you have a lot of passion and you're talented, so that's a, a lot of artists tend to be in this area where they're very, very happy and free with what they're doing, but they don't have a lot of money doing that. So you kind of just want to find where that sweet spot is. And I personally think it's a great idea to always revisit this uh, so that you can get in that sweet spot and like love life and do what you love. You know, you always hear that saying, if you, what is it? If you <laughs> do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And I feel like that's really, really true. Uh, so the sooner you can get to that sweet spot, definitely the better. Uh, some other cool things that I got to do as youth of the year was do some things with Denzel Washington. And that was really, really cool because he was the national spokesperson. Well, he still is and has been the national spokesperson for Boys and Girls Cause of America for over 27 years. Uh, he was a club kid. And this picture actually that we took together with the hug uh, was when he walked into that room that had all those celebrities from the commercial in there. And he was like, like, oh my God. <laughs> and so he came up to me and gave me that that big hug so it, it was definitely an experience because he's a great guy his charity of choices the boys and girls club um and he's just a great person on film off film you know uh he's one of those guys where you would think with the celebrities how is it to meet them and for him specifically if we had an event people would say which way do you want to go and unlike some people, uh, he would say, whichever way is the easiest. So if that meant going through a crowd, let's do it. Um, so he was just a, a human, right? Just a celebrity, but a human inside. So I really loved being able to do events with him. In fact, one of my most favorite stories with him is after I became National Youth of the Year, uh, we had this interview that was set up. Well, he had an interview set up three live ones back to back. And when we were getting set up, he looked over at me 
watching him and he was like what are you doing and I'm like uh watching you and he's like watching me you should be in the interview and then he turned to the reporters is she in the interview and they said no it's just used her and he was like oh no he was like this is about the youth and she's the national youth of the year so she should be in the interview too and they said well we only have a setup for uh one for you and he was like uh they said you only have 20 seconds and he said well you better get the scrambling then <laughs> So they literally grabbed all the chairs and got the mics and they didn't have another earpiece for me and Denzel Washington said it's okay I'll relay everything to her. So literally he did that they would ask him a question he would ask it to me and I would give the answer but uh, to be around somebody who was selfless and uh, and he just nothing was about him it was all about everybody else and the kids and it was just very very um, I was very, very blessed to be in his presence. Uh, so then I thought, you know, uh, being able to travel and tell my story was really, really cool, but how could I make a difference with it? Uh, and one of the times, or one of the blessings that were there for me was I was able to, uh, I got this call and they asked me that I wanna be a part of this Taco Bell Foundation for Teens. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, be a part of this Taco Bell Foundation for Teens commercial, and we did. So Mark Wahlberg and I did this commercial, and we raised over a million dollars to help other teens graduate from high school, and that was a blessing because I, you know, I was homeless before this, and I was a broke college kid and everything, and so I didn't have money that I can just throw at problems or try to be a solution that way but I knew that sharing my story I could inspire or empower people and that's what I was able to do by partnering with him for this commercial um, and another really really fun thing that I got to do I was recognized by LeBron James uh, who was my favorite basketball player in Washington DC and he actually let me see if I can move this so I can read it but he gave a speech and um he was supposed to be introducing another youth of the year and he said he, before i do that i want to introduce a special young lady that i've gotten to know over the past year and he says mona's story inspired me to be better at what i do it inspired me to be a better father a better friend and a better person and one thing that she doesn't know is when they write my story besides my two kids she is one of the best people that I know and that I love. And so, of course, I'm crying up there on stage when he gave me my award. But it was just, uh, it was just amazing to know that a kid like me could inspire people like him, right? Um, and I think that that just goes for everybody. Everybody has their own personal stories and everyone has their own journeys in life that somebody can learn from or somebody can grow from and I feel like you guys should all dig down and say like what is this story who could I be a mentor to um who could I have as a mentee who maybe will learn from me and maybe teach me things as well and have that uh been mutually beneficial relationship that you all can have so that you can pass on that knowledge uh, and I feel like once you go the further you go in life you should always be thinking about who can I bring along uh with me as well uh, when I was 17 years old, I got to meet with President Obama in the Oval Office, and so many people just asked me, Mona, what did you say? And I'm like, uh, nothing. <laughs> I just kind of stood there, and I just couldn't believe the fact that I was standing in the Oval Office just in general. 
I was 17 years old there, but just four years before that, I was living in that homeless shelter at UMOM. So even if I would have told other kids or anybody, you know, in four years, I'm going to be standing in the White House. They'd probably be like, Mona, you're crazy. Like, whatever, like, get out of here, you know? And, and, and frankly, I believe that myself. I wouldn't think that this is somewhere that I would be, but it was me following that be smart model that helped me get to this point and uh, not allowing my circumstances to dictate who I was going to become or what I was going to be able to do in the world and staying focused on that main thing uh, in life, which was school for me so that I can get out of that cycle of homelessness and the A, surrounding myself around people and places that continue to build me up instead of knocking me down along the way and then the r being resourceful in life asking for help having mentors um and continuing to seek knowledge and t discovering what i'm good at and what i love to do and uh continuing to build up those strengths and build up those weaknesses too so that i can do what i love for the rest of my life um, and on that, that picture on the right over there is when I got to participate in the Obama Foundation Community Leadership Program, and we went to a summit in Chicago, and that was our reunion hug there. But um, he also appointed me to serve on the Corporation for National Community Service, and that is just a program that's over ones that you're probably familiar with, like Senior Corps and AmeriCorps. So I would go back to Washington, D.C. about three to four times a year and sit on that board and tackle the problems or go to the Hill and ask for more money so that we can support our problems. So it gave me a lot of experience. Um, and I really love being able to serve that because I feel like community service is the core of my heart. I feel like I wouldn't be where I am today without my community, without my, uh, without different organizations, without individuals who invested in me. And I feel like the least I can do is give back to my community so that other people can have opportunities like I did. And I always show this, and we're coming close to the end. I always show this picture because so many people ask me, they say, you know, uh, Mona, how was it being homeless? And I, I always talk about this, or they say, how did you make it or how was that even possible and i share this picture because this was the same at&t store that my family and i used to stand outside of and ask for a spare change to help make ends meet and if that same person who probably was to just ignore me or walk right past me or yell at me or spit on me or throw change at me if that person was to predict my future, they would probably say I would end up, you know, a pregnant teenager, just like my mom, or end up dropping out of high school, or end up right back on the streets with my family as well. But it was because of those people who impacted my life along the way. It was because of that, following that Be Smart model that I obviously didn't know about when I was younger, but um, that was my strategy of how to get through in life that helped me beat those stereotypes. And so many of us, all of us have some type of stereotype that's on our life, whether that's a woman and you're trying to make it in a certain career field and they're like, no, this, this isn't for you. <laughs> like this isn't for women to do this job, but you just have to find that way around it and connect with other people who can get you from where you are to where you can go in life. Um, but most importantly, in order to succeed, we must believe that we can. I feel like attitude is absolutely everything. If you feel like you can do something, you feel like you can get that promotion, you feel like your business can go to that next level, then it can. 
But if you feel like you're not going to get the promotion or you're not good enough or your business is going to fail, then it will because it's all about what's up here in your mindset and what you believe for yourself and for your future and for your family. It all starts with telling yourself something and believing it and following it up with those actions that will help you get to the level that you want to get to. And last but not least, I always show this uh, picture with this quote and I say, a wise man once told me, you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. It's not about how much you have, but what you do with what you have. And I feel like we're all at different points in life, but you can always give back. You can always smile at somebody. You can always make a difference in somebody's life. You can always do community service and just make a difference in the world. I, I just made a post on Facebook where I said, you know, difficult times is the true test of strength and it'll really bring out the good and the bad in a lot of things and a lot of people, uh, whether that's, you know, countries or businesses or individuals or relationships. And we all have to strive to be a part of that solution and not be a part of the problem. So always do what you can again to string somebody along and bring them along with you as you move forward in life and always just strive to make some type of a mark on the world even if it's smiling at somebody and making their day uh, all better but that's my story and I thank you all for allowing me to share that with you today and I hope that you can you know take something from that like think about and reflect on where you are right now uh, think about what your goals are for the future and how you can get focused on those going forward because uh, the, the world's going to move on and you got to be ready for it. And then think about like who you're surrounding yourself around, around right now. What kind of things are you reading? What kind of things are you listening to to help you better yourself? And then continue to ask questions and be resourceful. And last but not least, continue to follow your dreams and ask yourself, what do I want to be when I grow up? and continue to find out what makes you happy in life and, and, and work towards doing that every single day. So thank you all. Wow, Mona. <laughs> I'm left a little speechless. I, oh. you're, you're Holy cow. Oh my gosh. I, I'm guessing that we have some questions from these ladies. Yeah, sure. Oh, wow. Can I address some of these? Okay. Mary said she graduated from Tiffy High. Okay. Go Buffs. Let's see. Okay. So no sound. Pretty cool photo. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So there's always a lot of things going on in the noise Sandy talked about. Yes. Anyone have questions? Raise your hand. Just open your mic. Any comments? Oh, we got some more buffs in here. Yeah, so I got Hello. some comments. So if anyone has questions, go ahead. I don't have a question. I just have a comment. And you are a total inspiration. Thank and you so much. Absolutely. And to share your story is quite amazing. Very similar um, to my story. And I am going to share this information with my family. And we'll definitely be in touch. Sounds good. Thank you so much. And how do you say your name? Lois? Or Lois. Lois. Yeah, I like Lois, Lois. Lane. <laughs> okay, perfect. Anyone else? Dan Newton, I, you always have something to say. <laughs> um, I was cr 
crying at one point. I just think you're amazing. You're beautiful. Your attitude is, um, if we could just bottle you and just <laughs> do all of the youth of our country, we would have no problems whatsoever. <laughs> I am just in awe of you, my dear. Thank you so much, Dan. I really appreciate that. My dear, if I could adopt you, I would. Oh, I'll take all the moms in the world. <laughs> Thank you so much. Victoria, pleasure. Yeah, I do. Um, Mona, I just want to thank you for your talk, of course, but you are so sweet, so kind, so bubbly, and so adorable. You just think of that, this kid's tough, man. It's like, you you just want to, I just want to hug you. Thank you for being <laughs> so different than what you would expect someone to achieve as much as you have. It's just fabulous. fabulous. Oh, thank you. Well, good news for you is I'm a big hugger. So whenever I see you, I'll give you a big hug. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yes, of course. I think we're all waiting to get in a room together where we can hug each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, yes. <laughs> it a long time. Uh, Angela, I just saw your hand go up. I was just going to say, I love how you talked on the um, resiliency and bounce back ability. I've, I have three, uh, well, actually my, my oldest just turned 20. So I have um, three and four years, 16, 17, and just 20. And it's, I think that's been such a challenge for a lot of them in that age group is we've had so many parents that have been hovering for so long doing everything that they haven't had to deal with any obstacles and they're, their bounce back ability and their resilience just isn't there. And I think that that's where I feel like I see so many of them, they just can't thrive and survive with one little bounce in the road because of some of that. I'm former military, so yeah. my kids know, assume the position and no, I'm not <laughs> going to do your homework for you. Um, but when you see their friend, when I see some of what their friends are doing and their parents' friends and, you know, I, I know of people we actually had to just disassociate with because I have a hard time controlling my face and my mouth yeah. uh, because uh, they, they were doing their kids' homework, like full-on high school, writing their reports, and uh, it be, just became too much of a challenge for me to be around that. And so to see, it, like you said, you took everything that happened to you and just to hear the joy and spirit and happiness that exudes from you just blows me away. And you took all of that and you thrived and you grew from it. And then you didn't just do that. You're continuing to expand and shine that onto others. Just, uh, I love the fact that your, your focus is with, um, the community and teens and helping others and, and maybe enlightening some of them because poor them, you know, poor, woe is me. I know kids are having problems, but I think they need more people like you around them to expand on what they really aren't having to deal with. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, uh, I actually have my own nonprofit inspired by Mona Foundation. And uh, basically, it focuses on providing teens with resources, real life skills and opportunities to be successful. And I really like the real life skills component, because I think that a lot of kids, they don't know what real life is like and we're sheltered a lot or think parents are doing things for us uh, so in this program we're learning about everything from financial literacy and credit right before we go to college and sign up for a credit card for a piece of pizza and a t-shirt <laughs> so just teaching them all of these real life skills so that they can be successful 
before they graduate high school and not kind of dumped off when they are adults and then they don't know what to do or which way to go or how to look for help and things like that. But I feel like sometimes teens especially get uh, like ignored or left behind. We all care about the babies and the young ones, but the teens, that's the most pivotal time in their lives. And I feel like I'm still young enough to where they still look at me as like a big sister. I'm getting closer to the auntie stage now, but they don't see me as like another mom or something like that where they don't want to listen. Um, but then they also, I'm able to share these pictures and these stories and all that type of stuff that makes people think, wow, I got to get my life together or because Mona can do it, I can do it too. And as long as I have that impact on them, I got to continue to share this story with them. And it just brightens my day. I can speak to hundreds of kids or thousands of kids. And if just one comes up to me and says, Mona, because of you, I now believe that I could graduate from high school. Like that is just a blessing in itself. But thank you so much. Hey, Mona, we have one woman on our city council and it looks like Jennifer Duff has joined us today. Jen. Uh, hi. Hi. Um, thank you for your story, really not only for the youth and underprivileged and for women, no matter where we are, to really take it upon ourselves to go beyond that glass ceiling. Um, so I think your principles apply, you know, to everybody at every stage. And sometimes we need that little reminder that we're more than we think we are. So I thank you very much for sharing your story and inspiring all of us. My pleasure. Yeah, just, I just tell everybody, just continue to live your dream and do what you love to do and what makes you happy. You know, it's never too late to get those things going and it's never too early. I know my dad, uh, well, he's my adopted father, but he would tell me, Mona, make all your money and then do all your charity work later. And I would say, Dad, but tomorrow's not promised today, so I have to do what I can now, have fun now along the way so that I can live a joyful life as well, giving back and doing what I love to do. That, that's helping people. Hey, Mona. Yes. You want to share with us really quick how we can help support you with the nonprofit and with your motivational speaking. How can we support you? Well, sure. Like if any of you know of people who have special events and they need an inspirational speaker or to talk about different things like community service or leadership or how they can give back, uh, I'm your girl, so you could just let them know that I'm available for that. I d I'm doing a lot of virtual things right now, of course, due to COVID. Uh, and then also with the nonprofit, we normally have a annual summit that's at Arizona State University. And then eventually when we want to go into monthly workshops that, that talk about different components like civic engagement or financial literacy uh, or health and wellness. So if any of you are above or know about those types of uh, topic areas, economics and all of that, and you would like to participate in a workshop, that would be nice. Um, if you would like to volunteer at any of the events or the workshops, that would be great. And of course, we always take donations so that we can put on these events and these workshops as well. So um, we, could, we just love to have the love and support and all your knowledge combined so that we can build these kids up to be the next leaders. Mona, are you sure you're not in your 60s? Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, I just hang around everybody. I love having mentors uh, and just taking in all that knowledge, you know. I, I feel like you could learn from everybody. In fact, you know, I want to start this almost like an Instagram page and it's M3 TVs and it stands for motivational moments with Mona. And basically I just want to like meet people all over the world, whoever I meet, even if it's at the airport like this, and basically just ask them, what are the top three lessons you've learned in life to get you from where you were to where you are today? And I feel like maybe you don't learn from me, but maybe you're going to learn from Susie or Joe or Henry or something like that. And just have this whole page full of lessons and, you know, stories from people that you could learn from. And maybe one story will just click off in your head and take you from that first place to the next place. But I love listening to stories and I love hearing lessons from other people so that I can get to where I want to be faster for sure. <laughs> Rona, you're at the airport today because you're working, right? You're yeah. To training. Yeah, you know what? It's so funny because people are like, uh, what do you do? It's at the airport. I actually work on the ramp. So believe it or not, you know, those people who have like the orange sticks and they're like dancing out. That's me. So I do that. And I push out the plane. So if you ever get on like an American Airlines flight on the small plane, you might see me pushing the little car and pushing you back. Don't worry. You can trust me. But um, I do that because I get free flights. And so actually I went to Jamaica first class round trip for $87. Yes. And so I always teach my teams, you know, if there's something that you want, just, you know, there's ways that you can make those things happen. And uh, traveling, I love to travel. And this year, I actually wanted to go to like Thailand and Africa and all that. But dumb COVID came around and messed up all my plans. But nonetheless, I'll get back on track because this won't last forever. Wow. We have about five minutes. Any last questions for Mona? I have a question. Mona, yeah. Mona, is there a spiritual component to your teaching at all? I mean, I'm, I look at so many young people today and I'm not sure that they, you know, what, what happens? You must get down sometimes, right? You must have times in your life where you're not, where you're feeling sad or what do you, how do you, how do you cope with, with that? Well, for me, I personally, I personally believe in God and everything, and I go to church and I have faith, but I don't push that on kids and I don't talk to them about it or anything like that. If they ask, then I will tell. But uh, for the most part, I always try to talk to them about having faith, faith in something, faith in someone that they can think about that they can, you know, talk to on their own, whether that's inside of them, outside of them. Uh, but just finding someone that could help them get to that next level and being in tune with themselves and the universe kind of a thing. Um, because I feel like when you put things out there, like talk about things that have you down, talk about things that have you up, you know. Uh, when you put things out in the universe, I feel like it comes back to you one way or another. So I always tell people, like, find that peaceful, like, me time, that quiet time, and just talk about, like, what is making me hurt right now? What are those things that are, you know, bringing me down? And just talk to yourself about that. Write those down. We talk about different coping mechanisms with the kids, uh, whether that's like writing songs or writing poems or talking to a friend about certain things. And 
sometimes meditation works for some of the kids, but we just try to talk about different things that they may be able to do in order to get them to that next level. Some people don't like telling people other their problems, so that doesn't work for them, but it might work for somebody else because they get to vent out. So obviously all the kids are different that we talk to and work with, but we all just try to find all these ways to help them find peace, even when things are going all crazy around them and, and try to clear their heads when all this negativity is going on. Cause then at that point, they can start to try to look for solutions and how to get out of those situations that they're in at the moment. I hope that answers what we did. Hey, so Mona, I have a, a website that is dedicated to teen girls, and I would love to be able to visit with you one-on-one -on -one if you would be up for that. If there's a way that we would be able to connect, you can maybe put it in the chat or something, but I, we got to have a conversation. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. Lauren, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's do that. Um, Mona, thank you so much again for being here. I know with your busy schedule, um, I was just so glad we got to, to hear you today. I remember sitting in the conference room at Boys and Girls Club with you when you had first decided, I'm going to be a motivational speaker and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to get a manager. And I remember thinking, yeah, yeah, you're going to do it. And to see you come through and just blow it out of the water and inspire so many young people across our nation. Um, and no matter how many times they hear your story, I think it's like over a thousand now. <laughs> I cry every time I see Linda down there. I'm like, ah. <laughs> so thank you for who you are, what you do for your mentors. And we just appreciate you being here today. Um, so with that being said, I want to wrap it up with the, uh, a few chamber announcements. We've got the Mesa Cares program, which is the technical support. It's a free training, education, and services um, for Mesa-based companies. It's an easy application process. You can go to the Mesa Chamber of Commerce website for more information on that. Again, that's the Mesa Cares program. The virtual coffee time with the chamber was sponsored by Matt Watson State Farm. That's Thursday, August 27th from eight to nine. Um, it's a great networking opportunity and a great way to expand your network and make new relationships. So you can register for that at the chamber website. All of these you can register at the chamber website. So I'll leave that part out. <laughs> uh, Good News Girlfriends Club. We have so much fun on Fridays. Mona, I would, I would love for you to join us. But on Fridays at three o'clock, all of us get together, a lot of us from this group, the WBC group, um, and we just talk about what good news is that week. What was our good news? What was our um, aha moment for the week? And how do, we, how do we set the tone for the following week? It's a really cool call to be a part of, very positive. Uh, Victoria, I think she's on the call. Victoria hosts that. Victoria um, is amazing. If you haven't gotten a one-on-one -on -one with her, she's incredible get get with victoria um, we also have dementia friendly training a virtual event on september 1st um, from 9 to 10. so um, join us for a virtual one hour informational session um, it's basically talking about the benefits that professionals that engage with person with any persons with dementia you can register online mesa's trying to become a dementia friendly city like kind of like we did with the autism right sally the same thing yeah. 
we just got the proclamation from the mayor last night of city council. We are a dementia friendly. So cool. One in the state. Yes. I love it. Um, and then our last and not least is our nonprofit vitality council meeting or council our nonprofit vitality meeting. It's Tuesday, September 1st from four to five. If you haven't been on that call, it is an amazing call for businesses and nonprofits and community leaders. Um, it shows us as businesses that we, how we can support our local nonprofits. How do we get involved? What is the need? Um, and then it also helps nonprofits kind of get their, you know, what's, what is going on out there? How can we help as, as business women in our community? So um, you can join us for that September 1st, four to five. We'd love you for you to be on that call. Our special guest on September 1st is Senator McSally. Um, and for more information, go to mesachamber.org. That is our last announcement. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Um, and hopefully you guys can join us Friday at three for our Good Girlfriends Club. I will see you later. Thanks so much. Thank you, Mona. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Great to see all you ladies today. Thank you. Be well. Man, they clear the room. They're just like zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Mona, this was really great. Oh, thank you, thank you. Seriously, thank you. I'm glad and to hear that. that you, you worked us in with work and in an airport. Yeah, I'm glad it all worked out and it wasn't, it got noisy at one point, but for the most part, it was good. It, it was so perfect much. for us. Thank you, Peggy. It was perfect for us. It truly was. It was great. And I think, um, you know, it was um, really nice for all of us who are much older than you to get this inspiration because I think some like younger people would think, well, they've, you know, they've done this and they've been there and done that and like being older, what am I going to say to them? So, you know, thanks for stepping up and doing yeah. that. We can all learn new things, right? Mm -hmm. You can teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> some of us. <laughs> Uh, Mona, please stay in touch. Seriously, like when you're around and you want to, you know, get engaged, we've got so much going on. It, truly, there's there's something there. We can slide you in, even if it's for a few minutes. Just okay. that. And I love the Mona's moments. Victoria, who was on the call, she does this weekly thing called Victoria's Pearls, and they're just little, you know, this is like, okay, I've got to find you on Instagram and see if you're posting all your, mo your Mona's moments on Instagram. <laughs> Right, right. We'll share it. Take care, Mona. Yeah. You too, you too. Well, thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks. It was good. Okay, Mona, smile. We're going to take a picture. It's the only way we can do it together, Mona. <laughs> awesome. Got it. All right. Perfect. Thank you, lady. Stand All right. Thank you. Will do. Great. Okay. Thank you. Be Talk safe. to you later. Bye. Bye, -bye. You too.